0: Hello, and welcome back to eConnect.
1: Hi everyone. Uh, We hope this will go away sooner, but unfortunately here we are again. Uh, Russia is still attacking Ukraine and it looks like the news has decided to make it one of the last items on the news. How is it already old news? I'm done with this world. But no, so this episode is basically a continuation of what we started in the previous episode. Uh, We hate that we have this much material. Uh, Why is this still going on? But we do. So right now we're gonna delve deeper into the Ukraine-Russia conflict.
2: Same, I really thought it would be over, but here we are. So in today's episode, we're going to be discussing about nuclear disarmament, the Budapest Memorandum, and the UN's role in wars in general. And we're going to relate all of that to what's currently happening in um, between Ukraine and Russia.
0: Okay, so first to begin with, we're going to talk about nuclear disarmament. So what is nuclear disarmament? It's basically the reduction or the elimination of nuclear weapons. So what we've learned from like the we had to learn one big thing from World War II. Uh, It would be that nuclear weapons are absolutely horrific and they they are the most destructive weapons on this planet right now. And that is why it's really important that nuclear weapons don't reach hands that could use them uh, maliciously or actually hands that would use them at all because any sort of usage of these kinds of weapons is absolutely not allowed and should not be something that uh, it should be considered as an option in any sort of war um, or situation. This is why nuclear armament is important. Um, and this is why so many countries are afraid that Russia might use its, its stock of nuclear weapons against Ukraine. Um, and that's why everyone's so terrified of, you know, Russia being one of the, one of the sides in this war. Talking about Russia and weapons, sorry guys, I've been laughing a straight like for a straight like five minutes before I'm saying this because I just cannot seem to get this right. So uh, pardon me. Uh, Basically, in 1993, Russia promised something, okay? And now I'm going to talk about what those promises are. And basically, all these promises are a part of this memorandum called the Budapest Memorandum. All right, and here are all of the promises it made to Ukraine. First, Ukraine's independence of identity and existing borders shall be respected. Second, the signatories shall refrain from threat or use of force against the territory or political independence of Ukraine. I should specify that the signatories in this case are Bill Clinton, President Boris Yeltsin of Russia, and Ukrainian President Leonid Kravchuk, and Bill Clinton is the President of the United States of America at that point of time. Third. The signatories shall refrain from influencing Ukrainian politics with economic pressure. Fourth, immediate United Nations Security Council action shall provide assistance to Ukraine if it becomes the victim of an act of aggression or an object of a threat of aggression in which nuclear weapons are used. Fifth, nuclear weapons shall not be used against Ukraine. And sixth, concern in the event that questions arise on these commitments. Basically, Russia kept Ukraine's warheads in exchange for it cancelling Ukraine's deaths about oil and gas. Cool. See y'all next time. Good night.
2: Bye. I why was that so aggressive?
1: (laughs) Okay. I hope everyone has thoroughly enjoyed we are having a live breakdown. I am not, I, I don't, I'm not even going to reduce the volume of this when I put it up. No, this, the people need to see VR breaking down. This is, this is not a once in a life. This is a once in an hour event. But I'm happy that the hour for today that she's chosen is the podcast hour. Good job, VR. Great job.
2: I need a minute to recover from that. I think we we really need to dedicate one minute for that.
1: So... Now that Via has very animatedly read out the terms of the treaty, the Budapest Memorandum, which was signed on December 5th, I think she mentioned that. I don't know. I got lost in all the shouting. Now it's important to understand what this memorandum signifies today. Now the memorandum clearly stated the first point we read out was that the country, the signatories would respect Ukraine's independence, sovereignty, and existing borders. Russia has just like, psych. I'm not gonna do that. So that happened in 2014 when Putin first breached the treaty and annexed Crimea, which violated Ukraine's sovereignty. But this is when I am really really impressed with Putin. No, th- see, there are people who violate treaties and violate memorandums and they just do it, right? Like, they, they don't think of creative ways to do it. Now, Putin has this thing where he justifies what he's doing. So Putin claimed that his actions were justified because he was describing the Ukrainian situation as a revolution. And he said, a new state arises, which we have not signed any for which we have not signed any obligatory documents. So this happened in 2014. He got out on a technicality. And this time uh, he's saying he's invading Ukraine because he's claimed that the Russian troops need to de-Nazify Ukraine. Yes, we're talking about the Nazis now. Putin got the Nazis into this. And this is very ironic because the current president of Ukraine, I, Volodov, uh, Zelensky is of Jewish origin. <laughs> so i just like to comment on Putin's creativity, points for creativity, um, two points, uh, a negative 5 billion for invading
2: Ukraine, but who's keeping track, am I right? I mean, do I really need to comment on the fact that the last two dialogues said by my dear friend, Vya, and Akshaya were <laughs> sadly really bad, uh, but you know what? I'll continue. So now I wanna talk about the UN and what, what role it has to play when there are wars happening in the world. So UN is an intergovernmental organization whose main aim is to maintain peace, promote international relations and also peace and security amongst all the nations that are there. So, um, to save succeeding generations from the scourge of war are some of the first few words that uh, constitute of the UN Charter. And basically, when there are wars that happen, uh, the UN tries to prevent conflict. They help parties make peace and you know talk it out rather than go with nuclear weapons and bomb, start bombing countries. So that's the role of, uh, it's going to, you know, deploy peacekeepers and create conditions to allow peace and, you know, hold on and not attack and like flourish in a settled environment. But now there's a downside to this because the UN has, since after the World War II, there are five nations which are called, Uh, which are namely China, France, Russia, the United Kingdom and the United States. These are five permanent members of the UN Security Council. And they have the right to veto uh, decisions made by the UN in general. So recently, uh, the UN tried to put out a resolution uh, to stop the war. But Russia vetoed because, you know, its name is going to come in the middle and it's going to stop Russia from invading Ukraine and, you know, taking power over it
0: guys isn't that so stupid <laughs> there's this country like causing a problem and then and then there's this then you're make, you're giving that country authority to veto veto the resolution that is going to remove the problem that the country is causing do you understand how dumb this is and this isn't the first time this is happening in the un and this isn't going to be the last time this is happening in the un And I'm just so confused as to what the point, like, yeah, obviously, did you, did they expect Russia to be like, yeah, you know what, bro, you're right, one second. If I reconsider my options, you are right, I should stop invading Ukraine. Obviously, no, obviously they will veto this resolution to withdraw troops from Ukraine. I mean, I don't know what they were expecting. Anyways, basically in the UNSC, uh, there are 15 members and 11 of those 15 members voted in favor of the resolution. Um, but China, India, and the UAE abstained. I do not understand international relations. It makes zero sense.
1: You say that there can only be a few countries in the world with nuclear warheads, but who said that they, they're responsible enough to not misuse it? Like, you're literally giving a baby candy and then getting annoyed that the baby is threatening to eat it. What? Why is baby threatening anyone? Anything? Wait, give me a second. I don't know what I'm saying. It looks like I've lost it, much like Putin. But I caught it from VR. So blame VR, guys. VR is the reason. You know when Jake Peralta goes Peralta? <laughs> you know when Jake Peralta goes? Tell me why? Yeah, that's because
0: of VR. VR is the why. If, if Jake Peralta was a pasta, then his name would be Jake peralto <laughs>
1: completely off track but yeah sorry Aksha continue I'm sorry for um, disturbing sorry interrupting. I want. A, it's fine it's fine now I no no actually do be sorry because now I want a ball of Jake Peralto we are you're the why <laughs> but um no you is the because. So, <laughs> okay no back on track all right so back to the whole Russia thing you know it's not just Putin who is ironic about stuff he says or does or creative about it. So recently, recently, this is like last week stuff, um, the Russian foreign minister thought it a great idea to address the UN Human Rights Council. And then people walked out, But like, bro, what? Who gave you the authority to talk to the UN Human Rights Council when you are violating human rights, literally at that moment? I do not understand these people, but yeah, so th- that's that's Russia, but let's get back to Ukraine because is it just me? Like am I the only one fangirling about the Ukrainian president? He seems like a really cool dude, guys. Like what a cool dude. He was, he wa- okay. So let me just give you like a bit of a backstory. Uh, my mission in life is to convince everyone that he's a cool person. So it's like, he was a comedian And he also starred in the lead role in a TV series where he's a high school teacher who spoke up against government corruption and then just like suddenly became president of Ukraine. And the name of the show was Servant of the People. And then literally like four years later, he starts a political party called Servants of the People and he wins with like 70% of the vote. And he's like the actual president.
2: So he's just so cool. And
1: right.
2: there was something else. Give me a second. The dedication right here because she's finding her fangirl moment and you know it's actually gonna remember this and retain it and see it. Proud of you. Guys,
0: comment below what do you think Aksha is going to say next. Oh, wait, you can't comment. It's a podcast. Sorry, Aksha can Yes, I got
1: it. No, so what I wanted to say was, so yeah, he's like a normal person, right? He's a comedian and then he was an actor and then now he's and now he's president of ukraine and now he's a wartime president and and everything he says is so badass it's like so cool it, the us offers him evacuation from the country and he literally goes i don't uh, so i need ammunition not a ride and i'm just like bro and that is that's like that's like something you put on a movie poster and he actually meant it and he's just out there walking the city, walking the streets of Kyiv and like he literally has, he's recording videos on his phone and he's po- uh, uploading that to social media and then being like, you know, I'm here and then this minister's here and that minister's here and we are not leaving. The citizens will not leave. We will fight for our country. You have to understand this is like a very common, th- this is a common man. He's an average citizen who was, who suddenly became a politician and having that kind of courage is commendable even for the most dedicated politicians politicians in the world people who have been doing it their entire lives the fact that he's doing it in the time of crisis like the the patriotism he's showing the courage he's showing that's like really cool and and apart from all of that he's not even vain about this like I'm not the only one calling him badass or like really cool or like an awesome person or fangirling there are a lot of people doing this and he's and he continues to say that he's not the Hero, hero, he's not the brave one. He's like, Oh, Ukraine as a whole, the Ukrainian citizens are brave, and I think it's something really cool. So, yeah, everyone follow Zelensky on Instagram. I
2: don't think he has an Instagram account, but follow. Okay, I think Akshat took most of her time explaining how Zelensky is a badass, and you know, her content that was actually there in this episode. I but think of okay.
0: this episode is
2: actually just talking about Zelensky than it is about any of us talking about Russia or Ukraine. I totally agree. And honestly, Zelensky should give us money after, you know, the amount of promotion we've given to him on this episode.
1: God, oh my God, oh my God. Arani, I'm sorry for cutting you off. But I found Zelensky's page on Instagram. Guys, it's called Zelensky Official. Boys,
2: I did it. Oh my God, dude, it's like, you know, what else could be, you know, out of everything in the world, <laughs> anything could be his username. him. And oh my God, it was just his name with the official word, bro. That, took, you know, a lot of time. Kind of, the singular largest feat
0: is figuring out Zelensky's Instagram pages. Zelensky official, guys.
2: <laughs> that's How very extraordinary.
0: Apart from the fact that I actually have large feet. <laughs> I'm cons- I'm hoping she cuts that out of the episode, but I'm pretty sure she won't. So we have a
2: Bigfoot with us now, I guess. So anyways, apart from all these jokes, um, we are all in the same hope of this war coming to an end sooner rather than later. And it not destroying the better half of the world like the World War I and World War II did. So let's just all hope that this ends and that's it for today. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you.